0: sit right on the baseline
1: the big fella from new
0: zealand when we cut him off baseline he started walking in air.
1: welcome on to the baseline podcast thanks to everyone who's been tuning in for our lockdown catch-ups just trying to pump out an episode every day while we're in either level three or level four have a special guest today Sam Timmons, Washington State alum, Otago Bugget, um, Nuggets, and now New Zealand Breakers. Sam, how are you going?
0: I'm good, mate. University of Washington alum, not Washington State. Don't get that. Oh, one. my God. <laughs> That's a terrible start. Come on, mate. That's a rival school. Oh, my God.
1: I'm going to leave that in there. I'm going to leave that in there um, just to. Um, <laughs> so people no, no, can... it's, it's all good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out so people can laugh at my poor research. I only speak. <laughs> Ten minutes on your on your um, Wikipedia page and still
0: got it wrong. Um, right, are
1: right. we're, we're to carry on from that? From that. So sorry,
0: don't use Wikipedia for school kids.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> first off, um, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, what it was like, uh, yeah, growing up in a rugby household. Um, obviously, your, your you know bit of rugby in your family, and then how you got into mm-hmm. basketball after that.
0: Um, yeah. So obviously Wikipedia told you that my dad played for um, the, the Highlanders and Otago. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah. So obviously, you know, he played for Southland for a bit as well. So basically as soon as I could walk, I had a rugby ball in my hands and that was my first love. Um, you know, I wanted to be an all black all through primary school and stuff. And then dad got a job too. And I was like, I would catch the ball. I could like, I was faster than everyone. Cause I was bigger than everyone. And I saw any, anywhere I caught the ball on the rugby field, I could go score from. But then I went to we went to Japan, and because Dad got a job as an S and C coach for a team over there, rugby team over there. And then I don't know what happened. Whether I my I started to slow up, or everyone else started to hit puberty and get faster. That I came back and everyone was tackling me, and I wasn't running faster than everyone. So I was like, <laughs> man, this, this isn't as fun as I remember it. And at the same sort of <laughs> same sort of time, um, my mate went to Otago. One of my best mates went to the Otago basketball under 15 trials. And like I played mini ball before, like, you know, just and just for fun. And then, so I just went for a laugh. We ended up making the B team and just kind of the love just kind of grew from there. Um, yeah, I never, I never saw myself as a basketball player who was going to like pursue it probably until like year 11. But, you know, that was kind of how I transitioned from rugby to basketball. I remember at Otago Boys, Ryan Martin, the rugby coach at the time, who's you know done very well for himself in the rugby coaching business, um, was saying he's like, gonna right, "All the Year Nine boys who want to play rugby, stay behind." And I was like, "No, I don't really want to." And so that was the first year I didn't play rugby. And I was walking out, and all my teammates from the, all the other years are going like, "Where are you going?" You know. <laughs> Yeah, so but I just kind of made it up in my mind that I wasn't having fun playing rugby anymore and I was yeah. loving playing basketball, so I just went with the fun.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's a good um, be a good little dime there for some kids. If it's not fun, then don't do that yeah. shit. That's good. Yeah, don't, don't
0: force yourself. <laughs> Sport's supposed to be fun.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, so you're pretty prominent in the New Zealand age groups that had, I consider like a golden era in terms of like recruiting and then um, the strong players that were coming through. Ty Wynyard, yourself, Yanni um, Wetzel, Sam Wardenberg. What was it like coming up with guys? Uh, you know, you guys were all that you know, similar, really high level. What was it like coming through with those guys um, who are now are going to form like the next core, big
0: core in terms of tall Blacks and, and New Zealand um, basketballers? Um, I think at the time we probably didn't really like realize, I guess. Yeah. But like when you kind of look at the history in terms of, you know, what college was to where it is now where so many kids are going over to college you know there's kiwis all over the place over there um and then back then when we were going it was like damn you're going to college and you're going to like not just any college you know you're going to like mary freeman went to oklahoma ty went to kentucky washington or sam warnberg went to miami like all those big names big like big schools yeah i think it's cooler now than it was back then like yeah. cooler to think about that era growing up. Yeah. Um but like and the, the best thing about all those age group teams that I remember at least is just that we were all like really good mates and we like just got a, got along and it was just like laughing the whole time and it was fun like. Yeah. I think that's yeah. probably why um well, you could tell everyone loved the game so much. Yeah. And that's kind of why I guess we progressed. Yeah. to the level yeah. we did.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um so you're talking about your recruitment um University of Washington, I've made the edit on my paper. Um, <laughs> obviously, at the Pac-12, I got that part right. Um, but yeah, you yeah. Got recruited to a to high a, a, yeah, D1 um, part of it. And as I said, like, in the last 10 to 15 years, we've had a lot more kids. And it was like sort of starting with the Isaac Foot who and Ty Webster and then to the group that I mm-hmm. just mentioned, who've been recruited to really strong schools. And then they went there to sort of form and break the way, or sort of forge the path for the next group. What was your yeah. recruiting like? And then... Yeah, what was it like going to such a big school? And obviously, you're from like you know, Dunedin and the South Island. Yes. What was that transition like to, to the States?
0: Um, yes, yeah, so, I think. Um, so obviously, I did my year 13 year in Canterbury because the Nuggets went bankrupt after the 2014 NZNBL season. So I was kind of like, if I want to get recruited, like you know, if this is what I've decided to do, because year 11, I was kind of like, yeah go to college that's what everyone's kind of talking about doing it didn't really seem real to me because like i know guys that grew up watching college basketball and knowing college basketball and loving it and dreaming about going whereas for me it was kind of like i didn't i didn't like i didn't really understand it and it didn't feel like a real concept to me because obviously i grew up in a rugby household so american college basketball it was never like a massive goal of mine so, but then Mark Dickel obviously changed that for all of us. Um, and that the Otago, because we had almost like what you're talking about with New Zealand, my age group in Otago, we kind of had that as well. We came through and like won national titles for Otago. So all of those guys, you know, kind of had that goal to get over to the States as well, like Joe Cook Green. Or um, well, he was the only one that actually got over there, but you know, everyone was working for, towards it. yeah. And so to get, to, you know, once I decided that, that's what I want to do. And I am going to chase that for my year 13 year, went to Canterbury. And even before the, um, the NZNBL season actually started, that's when Lorenzo Roma must've got in touch with Mark Dickle, And Mark comes up to me and goes, he's like, he's Sam, the coach of university of Washington wants to talk to you. And I was like, what? <laughs> Where? <laughs> he was, and he was so excited for me. He's like, He's like, bro, the like the coach of the University of Washington wants to have a Facetime with you. And I was like, what's that? Where's that? What's Seattle? Like, I had, I was so fresh, bro. I had no concept of it. And then um, <laughs> I got on. The, I had a Facetime with him, and he pulled up because yeah. I think what happened was he saw the game that I played for the Junior Tall Blacks against Australia and Fiji in the final of that Oceania tournament. And they were recruiting Jock Perry, I think, at the time, who was uh, yeah. Aussie. And, and I, yeah. I had a pretty good game. They ended up going with me. That's how they found me. And he on the got on the FaceTime with him, and he pulled up a Washington singlet with 33 on it. And I just was like, oh damn. <laughs> yeah, I was like, done. And in my head, wow. Mark was like, yeah, take it. And it's crazy thinking back now, because I committed before I even took any visits. Wow. Like, so that, like, looking back at it now, it's like, damn, how could someone, how could you let someone commit to a school without even visiting it or visit, you know, I didn't, you got five visits to use, you know, even if you know where you're going to go, at least get shown around five different cities and get taken to all the nice restaurants, get the, go, get the whole treatment. You know, those visits are fun, bro. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was um, how I, how the whole thing with Washington started. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I got over there and like I, I got over there like probably like in December for a visit and when I committed in April and yeah then I it was basically I visited two weeks no I visited first of December and I moved over there 27th of December
1: well wow. well
0: wow. so it's kind of like looking back at it now it's like damn how did how was that my recruiting process you know no one was saying hey take your visits you know make sure that you get a bunch of different schools, you know, Get a f- go to the for which one you like. Yeah. And I'm, I don't regret anything that yeah. happened. I'm glad with the experience I had, but it's like, I think it goes to show that where my support network was at, not in terms of like lack of caring or anything. It's just didn't have the knowledge.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And we don't, and we're only just starting to get that knowledge now as a country. I remember listening mm. to a podcast with Ty Webster recently, and he was talking about some of the subjects that he was taking in year 13, and he made a joke like the NCAA didn't recognize me going tenting or something like that. Yes. I, just, I just pissed myself, man, because he was just talking about all those messed up subject, subjects that you know are at high school that yeah, you, just want, yeah. you just want to take because you can't be fucked. But I just yes. thought that that totally yeah encapsulated the way that probably Hoop's recruitment was like from... I don't know. One hundred
0: percent. I remember I didn't meet the language requirement for University of Washington or anything, right. and we got somehow got my um, the head of the intermediate I went to to spin some yarn about French that just did not exist. Like, <laughs> Going back to intermediate, <laughs> but I don't know if it registered with them. But he, yeah, he was like, yeah, no, nah, Sam did this year long French course that we took as a like an elective, and it's like I've never took in this French class in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but it, he spun the yarn that he needed to to get me over there like look shout out to that dude from intermediate we yeah, Mr. Hunter. We, we appreciate you <laughs> yep. Even remember the name that's
1: cool so like so yeah when you got there what was the what was the was there any culture shock for you like what was it like for you coming in and transitioning to not into the college life but but those cultural differences between New Zealand and uh, and the states
0: oh it was a massive culture shock for me like um like I'm a pretty like, you know, just in like, I like a, a lot of New Zealanders resonate with that, that go over there. It's just completely different environment because most Kiwis, you know, we've got the whole tall poppy syndrome. It's kind of like just drilled into us from day one. Yeah. And every American over there will tell you that their shit doesn't stink, you know? Like, <laughs> And it's like, and people like openly like saying how good they are or just carrying themselves like, you know, was just this like sheer confidence and arrogance that it's not but not even like in a bad way like it's it's good like it helps your game and but like i didn't see it that way i was kind of like damn like this is just different to me and like it was such a cutthroat nature where everyone was there like and i didn't realize it at the time but everyone in the room was you know we're talking about being family and like oh yeah you're my brothers is my team I'll, you know, go to war with you guys any day. But it's like, at the end of the day, those guys are looking around the room thinking, I'm here to get my check. I'm here to get to the league. This is an opportunity for me. And, you know, and that's not even me talking down on anyone or saying that they're bad people. That's just what college is. Like, you go to college, especially at that high level, to set yourself up for life. But for me, I was over there. The only basketball experience I'd had was... I like playing, <laughs> you know, I, I like playing basketball. This game's fun. And I, you know, a lot of those guys come from backgrounds where, you know, they wouldn't eat some days cause their family had no money. Like I, had a, I, had, I had a real good solid upbringing, you know, didn't really want for anything. It wasn't flash or didn't yeah. have like a bunch of flash stuff, but I didn't, yeah, there was never a time that I was in danger of not eating. Yes. So for, and for the most part, you know, I, there's no, there was no teams that I didn't make like, yeah, yeah. And it's for, you know, obviously partly because I'm tall, you know, that's a gift that I'm never going to, you know, act like that didn't help massively. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of hitting adversity, that was like massive. And I kind of initially was kind of, was like tried to fit in with them yes. as a, instead of like b- being myself and making them adjust to who I was. Yes, so yes. I think for that first first three years of college, I was just like a, kind of a shell of myself really. And that's why I, I don't think a, I had as good of a college career as I could have because yeah. I was kind of like trying to adjust to their environment and play the way they were trying to get me to play and just kind of fit in to feel like I belong there. But, you know, I was there for a reason. So I you know kind of should have just owned it. But, you know, those are lessons we learned.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I appreciate that, that real talk. And, like, this is a lesson for you there. And, like, clearly, you've learned from that. Like, you you know, you come out and chat about it openly. And it's a lesson to, to kid, any kids listening in or whatever. It's, like, be yourself, you know. Um, and, and as you said, and that, like, those learnings also around the American attitude, like, and lots of people come on and talked about, they come on the podcast and talked about this. Like, these American kids want to bust your ass on the daily. And, yeah. like, anybody who's been on like you know even the vegas tours that you know go that were going up until COVID, and you and you're going to these gyms and no matter the level that that um irrational confidence you know and the way that they approach their game and and then even mm-hmm. as you said the guy the people the way that some of these people grew up and plus the way some of these players grew up it's like they they sort of have a different perspective but um yeah
0: obviously some some pretty great learnings there for you so um, the other thing about that is, is like I like resented them for it at the yeah. time that I was yeah. like, like how can – like, well, I don't like – probably, probably just because I knew how much it would help me, but I just couldn't bring myself to believe in myself that un- – like that fully and regardless of what anyone else thought because yeah. in New Zealand it's yeah. so much yeah. like not trying to stand out, kind of thinking about too much what other people think. So I was kind of like – I would see them like that. I'm like, damn, like – that, that's like what what a dickhead bro like this and that but it's like we need to change the the narrative on that mindset it's like we should be trying to gas everyone up to believe in themselves that much to the point where they could walk into a room and think you know bet a thousand dollars on them yeah. with one-on-one with anybody like yeah i th- i think that it's something yeah. that in the new zealand basketball culture can can adapt a lot from
1: yeah yeah that's yeah, there's a, a really good learning there. I, th- I feel that w- we sort of get into that tall poppy in a lot of our sports where um, yeah we don't even like look to celebrate achievements like making teams. you know for me, mm. any of these kids we should be like, hey, you know look put together some cool content and celebrate people making a team and um, celebrate you know the most point score and, and like highest point score and that sort of stuff. Yeah. In my eyes, if you do the other good things with your team and you'd be like, you know pick, I said this in a podcast yesterday pick up your shit and tidy up the bench after the game if you're Mm. putting in the other parts which are keeping people grounded in terms of the other team situations then giving Uh. people their their flowers for for these these achievements I think is so important and we don't do it and it means when you get over there we've seen it with lots of Kiwi kids like you you finish your scholarship you know but lots of Kiwi kids get over there and really struggle and come home right away because they're like fuck I thought I was going to be the man yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, people people get over there and, and slums aren't able to finish their their scholarship because it's like, you know, you might have been in Palmy or in Napier and you were the man there and then you get to the US and you expect that you're going to go in there and have yeah. all the touches and that you're going to be the star player. And it's it's yeah. not like that at all.
0: Yeah. Or, or like the, the other way that for me, it was kind of like I always played on a team where, you know, all my Otago teams, we won our the games and championships we won was because everyone on the team played as a team and no one had an ego and no one expected to go out there and score however many points. But at the same time, like that's not always going to be the case. Like sometimes you have to have it in you where if the game's on the line or if you're in an environment that requires it, that you need to be like, okay, like I need to get 30 tonight or I need to, I'm going to, Look at it like, looked, you know, my matchup in the eyes and just dominate him tonight. And yeah. that's like me. I was kind of like initially, I was like, damn, no one wants to play as a team. Everyone's so selfish here. Yeah. But that's just naive. Like, of course, yeah. everyone's yeah. going to be selfish when you're trying to make it. Yeah, and you have to be like that. So it's and you don't have to have one without the other. Like how you were saying, yeah. you know, tell people that they're great. You know, gas them up to believe in themselves that much, and don't tell them that it always has to be team first. But also make you know, yes. be humble, do the dishes, treat everyone the same. Like don't be yeah. confident, but don't be arrogant. Yeah, yeah, there's a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, a lot yeah, of people in list. New Zealand yeah. see confidence as arrogance.
1: Yeah. So um, March Madness was was to the 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 um, what I had to look at and some of the matchups you played with. Obviously, so guys on your team, Jalen Noel, uh, Mateeshaibel, and then matching up with guys like Kobe White, uh, Nazir hmm. Little. What a, what was the tournament like itself? B, to see, oh damn, Cam Johnson. There's another one. What, what was it like to 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 come up against like guys that were you know, not just really really good players, but like they were. You're talking about top of their recruiting class type of dudes. Um, yeah. What was it like to come up against them? What was the tournament like?
0: They destroyed us, bro. <laughs> that, that team, because we had, yeah, um, we had a bunch of, like we had a bunch of personality clashes on our team. Our head coach, uh, he was like, he meant well, bro, but like, he didn't, he didn't like kind of like have a grasp on everyone. And he was kind of like, he he knew how much of like personality, how massive of personalities we had on the team. And he kind of took the approach of trying to control everyone and not upset, not upset the star players and kind of let them get away with a little bit more than the rest to try and keep them on board or keep them happy and that kind of shoot it shone through and especially that game, you know, we kind of fell apart against UNC. Yeah. Whereas they were just stoic, bro. Like they were a well-oiled machine, you know, they all like they, they they knew when to, when to pass the ball and when to create for others, but also when to just look, you know, one of our guys and just Mm -hmm. drive right by him and break the offense. Like it was, it was, it was like playing against an NBA team. It was crazy. And also just the March Madness environment. You know, your police escorts from your hotel to your game. Oh, all the amount of free stuff in your locker. And, like, yeah, it's nuts. And playing in, like, an arena that massive. It was, it was like, crazy thinking about yeah. thinking back on it. I definitely, I was, I, I think I did a pretty good job of, like, being present and, like, appreciating how cool it was at the time. Yeah. But, you know, I guess when you look back, it's like, damn, you're never going to, like, never experience that again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, tell tell us some of the guys listening in, um, some of the people listening in about the, the friends that you made at college and sort of the bonds that you form with people over, you know, being part of something like that for four years.
0: Oh, I mean, like, I still talk to so many people from my all four years all the time. Like, Matisse was my best awesome. mate on the team like I was just like I think I was just on FaceTime with him the other day and uh, catching up about stuff and I think like obviously Nas Carter he's Jay-Z's nephew he just got drafted to Atlanta no not was it did he get drafted to Atlanta or got picked up on Summer League or something like that you know I, I reached out to him said congratulations I always see my guys like posting stories on Instagram and yeah. like you can all like even just like little interactions like that. It's like you spend four years and you go through all those ups and downs because we had
1: Yeah
0: first year of my Washington career was like the worst, one of the worst years in program history. Then we had, we turned it around, had a main year, sophomore year. We won the PAC 12 in my junior year and then had another one of the worst <laughs> years in program history in my senior year, which is a whole nother oh, thing, thing in itself. But like, I mean, Disclaimer: Did not play very much my senior year, so. <laughs> but you know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? But yeah, but you go through all those things and form those bonds with people that, regardless of, um, you know, people say like, oh, winning teams, you're always like, if you win, you always be friends forever. But you go through stuff like that; you're going to get along with those guys forever, regardless of h- half the time having a losing season, a season that bad, you your bonds get tighter. Because you're all in it yeah. together.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Some awesome, some awesome learning there for um for people listening in. Uh, so this year, um, massive New Zealand NBL season for you.
0: And yeah, cheer, cheers cheer, cheer, cheer.
1: uh, Massive, massive New Zealand NBL season for yes, you. Yes, sir. Um, all star five. Of... Oh shit! Hold on, I'm losing you here. Hold on a second, bro. I'm just gonna pause for a We'll see what that's like. Right. Um. So this year. A massive New Zealand NBL season for yourself. I'm um, just going to read out some of your accomplishments. All-Star 5, uh, rebounding leader, most outstanding <clears throat> forward, most outstanding forward Kiwi center. Um, massive year for, for the Nuggets and only your second
0: pro season. Mm-hmm. What was the secret behind your your huge jump? Um, I think, well, I mean, I'd like to say that it was just me getting in the gym and working real hard in the offseason and, becoming that much better as a player but i just don't think it's possible to make that sort of a jump just from like it was all mental bro like i think like i said in yeah. america i you know the college career i had could have gone so much better if i was doing it for the right reasons or like every day i was approaching it with the right mentality whereas over there I, you know people were saying oh, you, you got you to make the NBA. You're going to be a one and done. And then after I didn't get drafted after my first year, they're like, oh, you know, two and three. And then, oh, you just needed to get a hang of it. But, you know, lock in and you'll get there. It's NBA, NBA, NBA all the time. And I was like, right, I'm going to get serious about this yeah. and really like grind it out and, you know, make it happen. Whereas I just don't think that's how I work. Like I, I, I wasn't having fun playing basketball and I got yeah. – Every time I caught the ball, I was like, I got to do something with it. Otherwise, I'm not going to make the NBA. Or I got to do something with it. And then I, you know, you're so tight. You, the ball's on your way to you on a pick and roll, and you're thinking, like, I better catch this and dunk it. Otherwise, I'm not going to make the NBA. And it's all that level of pressure just builds up after a while. And it gets to the point where you're like, you kind of dread basketball more than you even have yep. fun with it. And, I think that mentality carried on all the way through my, until uh, with the Franklin season as well, I kind of approached ju- basketball as a duty more so than like just fun and doing it. Cause I love it. And so after the Franklin season, I was just like, well, that was an incredibly mediocre season <laughs> and I can either continue to be in that rut and try and, play in that sort of the style I was playing then, which was just kind of living in the post, back to the basket, dribble, dribble like back down, dribble, jump, hook, or yeah. I can play free, just play the way that I have fun playing. And yeah. if I'm not good enough when I'm doing what I love and having fun, if I'm not good enough that way, then I guess I'll have to get a real job, but I'm not going to keep going the way I've been going. So for that first game against the saints, I was just like, I don't care, you know, how I go, but I just want to go out there and have fun and whatever performance I put together, as long as it's, you know, I tried my best, that's what I'm going to live with. And I guess that freedom was just like the weight kind of just lifted off me that had been on me for the last four or five years. And yeah, bro, it was literally just going out there to have fun and letting whatever happens happen.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome! That's really inspiring to hear that that massive mindset change and how it had you know you may had a fringe MVP season, you know, one of the best players in the league. It's just, it's really really inspiring. Inspiring. Obviously, the being part of the Nuggets and you know a new franchise was was a, a big part of your of your success as well. Um, seemed like a really good bunch of guys who you know were riding for each other and um and yeah, first proper NBL M- season. Um, after the showdown was shortened, tell me about what's building an Otago with the Nuggets and some of the cool things that are happening down here to, to yet yeah, build a new team and, and and you guys had a pretty good season.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, Brent Matahairi, that's he was my coach from Year 9 at Otago Boys. So, like, that's someone who has, you know, he would always encourage me to dribble the ball up the court, bring the ball up, shoot, shoot threes. Like, he's someone, so def- it was a massive help and, like, that can't be understated having a coach that believed in me to do all those things and gave me that freedom to just like you just said, go, you know, like go, (laughs) go, go do what you want to do, go have fun. I didn't bring you on the court to do a specific thing. I just got you because I believe in you as a basketball player. So go play basketball. And so that freedom, and that's not just to me. He said that to everybody, which is why I think that um, we had, you know, a great season is because we knew that like we could shoot whatever shot we could do anything, throw crazy passes. You know, I was, I was throwing some crazy passes that were turnovers as well as the ones that ended up as assists, but you know, he left me out there for it. Like, so I think get having that knowing that you had that trust from your coach gave you room to go experiment and learn and make mistakes and get better and play through it. So I think like, I think that he's re- and He's the type of coach who will try something that's so random or <laughs> far-fetched or just to see if it works. Like, he's not stuck in yeah. any sort of way, which I think a lot of coaches kind of find a recipe or they get some sort of formula that they think works for them and they'll just hammer that home or they know what works and they'll stick to it. But he's yeah. just experimental, which is cool and refreshing. And I think that's like the direction that basketball – Coaching is going to go in, yeah. So I think with uh, with him at the helm down there in otago I think you're going to get some good hoopers coming out of there. Some cool yeah. basketball. Yeah, being that's played. exciting,
1: man. So after your uh, your massive season this year, you're rewarded with a Breakers selection. Obviously, pretty huge. As we continue to get more players to the Australian NBL, um, how, how's preseason going mm-hmm. for you? Obviously, prior to lockdown, um, and then we, are, what do you expect in your in your first uh, Australian NBL season?
0: Uh, what's that? Oh, yeah,
1: Uh You're awarded with a breaker selection after that huge first season. Uh, how's pre-season going there? And what, what can you expect from your first season with the breakers?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I think, Oh, the, the first off, like the, the jump in level is massive. Like, <laughs> I remember my very first day on the court, because I went in and met with the coaches, and they were kind of like you know you've had a you had a pretty big load in the nba yeah. nz you know t- you know make sure your body's recovered before you get on court but you know I'd already taken a couple of weeks off at this point so I'm f- excited yeah. <laughs> I want to get in the court and start playing yeah. so I was like let's go like no, I'm I'm ready I've had my break so we're like oh cool you know coming tomorrow there's we've been, we're doing a lot doing a lot of one on one stuff just trying to get better working on defense and just guarding people and you know, I think the that workout was was like Finn, William McDowell-White, and oh, there's one other in that, but I can't remember who it was. And my, my like I remember this so vividly. Like I caught the ball and no, no, Finn, Finn Delaney caught the ball and I was guarding him. And I was like, all right, yeah. okay, like this is the f- very first possession, you know, make sure, you know, do well and like stay in front of him. Dude just yeah. ripped it straight by me and like laid it up as he like it was in layup lines. Oh shit. And I was just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> what the hell just happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I and I just it's different. And then so I was kind of like, okay, I need to give him a bit more room. So I, I backed up a little bit to make sure I could stay at front. Boom caught it, shot it right in my face and hit it. And I was just like shit. <laughs> and then and then like I kind of had found a good balance in between and he just made a tough bucket contested over me. Like, so scored on me three and a row and I'm just like, oh, it's different at this level. And it was like that wake up call. It's like, you can't give anyone anything because these guys are true yes. professionals. Any sort of room and they can get their shot off. That's what they paid to do. That's how they live their lifestyle was being able to make shots on any gap or opportunity you give them. Whereas you know in the NBL sometimes you don't close out to a three, you're kind of thinking, yeah, oh, you know, what's the chance he's going to make it actually? Anyway, you know, but here it's like, no, yeah. if if you if you give him daylight, it's going to go in. So I'm enjoying that. Yeah. I, you know, I can feel the level of the environment and like my I can feel myself rising to that level, which is awesome yeah. to feel. And in terms of my season with the Breakers this year, obviously I'm in a DP spot, so if there's any sort of capacity that I can get on the court and contribute, that'll be awesome. But for me, I'm approaching the season as, you know, becoming a true professional and like analyzing, you know, all the way my aspects of my game, how to work on all aspects of my game, nutrition, learn about the way to fuel my body around training. It's like learn what, you know, in the weight room, learn what exercises work for me to make me feel best to perform Cause that's what, I, that's the other thing I notice is that all these guys just have, they like, they yeah. know what works for them. So that's like, you know, obviously I want to play and I hope to, you know, get on the court and contribute that way. But I'm just want to learn, man, and become a professional and yeah, my time yeah. will come. Awesome, man.
1: Yeah. I, I love it. And, um, yeah, great experience for you to get in there and, um, and yeah, take the next step in your professional journey. Um, a few months back, you released some, some music on Spotify, First, give you some <laughs> for, for putting yes, yourself yeah. out there and just like, you know, obviously like you're um, you have interests outside of basketball, which everyone does, but we don't often often, you know, get to know people a bit better outside of, of hooping. Um, but yeah, it's cool to see you doing something you love. Wow. What was your inspiration behind, behind doing that?
0: Um, that's a massive part of, <laughs> the, the mental shift that I made, that I talked about, like, I think I was, because making music and rapping is something I've been doing for, awesome. forever, you know, like, ever, just because, you know, you, you listen to the music when you're a kid, and you're like, hey, I could do that, and you start writing r- lyrics, and you're rapping with your friends, and just, you know, messing around, but it's, you know, it's fun, and, like, you can feel it in your soul that you, or, like, you, someone has a good bar, and, like, everyone's just like, damn, that's tough, and you're listening to back, and you're getting excited about it. And like, those are the sort of stuff when you're feeling like that enjoyment, like that's what life's about. And humans are, you know, multifaceted beings. There's all different aspects to a human that I think an athlete kind of gets lost because and for me, I was like, right, well, I'm a basketball player. So I got to put all my energy into becoming a basketballer because, you know, what it takes to get to. A level with basketball where you can have a good lifestyle based on you know the contracts you're getting and the leagues you're playing and you've got to put a lot of work in and a lot of those other things can get lost and for me a lot of those other things did get lost I just wasn't enjoying life I was kind of when I wasn't on the court stressing about not making it or not playing well enough and underperforming I was off the court thinking about how I was underperforming and how I needed to you know work harder and stuff but then I was like, had that, I just kind of had like a revelation, man. And to be honest, like, uh, Seth, yo, Seth uh, uh Tuyo, so he was our SNC coach for the bulls. He was massive for me, man. And he was just kind of, cause he's really good at just understanding athlete well-being, yes. well-being as a whole. And he gave me this book to read as the four agreements that, that was like, it just helped a lot of yeah. talked about balance, um, and so I kind of just made me realize, I was like, man, I need to start having fun with life. Otherwise, I'm going to get to the end of my basketball career and be like, yeah. what the hell have I done for yeah. the last 15 yeah. years? Like, I need to start enjoying life in all aspects of it because time's precious. So the inspiration behind that was kind of being, well, if I wasn't a basketball player, I would do this. So I don't want basketball to make me stop, like to stop me from doing anything else I would enjoy. And I definitely don't want to... And like another reason I was thinking, it was like, why wouldn't I have already put out music? Probably because I didn't want people to say, aren't you a basketball player? What are you doing rapping? You're like seven foot and white. Like, what are you doing? That's just not at all what yeah. you should be, yeah. what, what you should be doing. And so I was kind of like, man, that those aren't reasons that I want to hold me back from doing something I love. So I yeah, put it out. That's there. awesome,
1: man. Yeah. I love, I love that. Um, and it, yeah, as I say, like I get lots of guests on the podcast, but yeah, like not everyone is always as keen to, to show that side of themselves. So it's cool that, yeah, you embrace that. Um, you're obviously l- enjoying your, your hooping and then, and then, yeah, doing your music as well. It's, it's really awesome.
0: How, um, yeah, well, I, think, I think it's important like to, and that's another thing that I kind of thought about myself is like, if, you know, someone's got to do it, you know, someone's got to be the person to put themselves out there and, you know, kind of be someone to, that people can look at and be like, "Whoa, he's a basketball player and he, you know, put out, um, a music and, you know, like Finn Delaney, he's, he posts his art on his Instagram. He paints like that sort of stuff is like inspiring to me. It's like, you know, people are creative and, you know, just, you shouldn't get pigeonholed into being Sam Timmons, a basketball player, you know, just, just be a human and do whatever you want to do. And I think the more people that can start being vulnerable, talking about, you know, mental health, doing, putting themselves out there, you know, being, you know, not playing, not playing life safe, is the more people that can do that, and show that it's okay to do that, the better,
1: I think. Yeah, agreed, yeah, and, and talking about shit that matters, I think, like, and then, you know, I try and do that with this platform, is like, you know, like, people, I want people to talk about shit that matters, because unless, until we start talking about, um, you know, things that matter, we can't, until we talk about things that matter, we can't, um, we can't help others, you know, by, and if it's just a couple of people that get something Mm. from this conversation and, and are able to take learnings from it, then it's like we've succeeded. And, and with sport, it's almost, you know, and obviously you'd know it, coming from a, uh, a family who, um, you know, where your dad played professionally. It's like, we have pigeonholed sports people for so long and been like, you know, you need to be tough and, drink beer or whatever it is but it's like no we mm. aren't just basketball we're just rugby yeah, yeah. like we're, we're just normal people and if we want to rap or if we want to paint or i don't know if if yeah we want to go and and like yeah go out on the weekend and and just go and be just completely different then we should be allowed to do that you know
0: hard uh, yeah you can have your beer and i can have my red wine or my tequila <laughs> I mean, you know don't stigmatize me with what i have to drink <laughs> no. but um he, uh, yeah, no, and I think because, like, you look at like LeBron James and Michael Jordan and Kobe, and they're such like intense alpha presences, but that's only yes. what we see, and that's what like people look up to that and they're like, damn, that's the level of you know person that it takes okay. to get there. Whereas, like, you didn't see you know moments when they're hanging out with their mates and laughing and clowning around, like, you see, like, LeBron's got that side to him, whereas before social media, a lot of people wouldn't have really seen that. Like that he'll do stuff like that. And obviously he's just on space jam. He's done a movie and there's clips of him rapping too. And clips of KD rapping. And I think social media is in that way as, you know, there's a lot of things that social media has, you know, kind of added to the, you know, just what life is for everyone that isn't good. But I think one of the good things it can be is like a, a platform for athletes to show their human side.
1: Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I love that. Um last one before we we close it out. How's lockdown been for you and um are there any tips you can give people to stop stop going mad in lockdown like even if it's just like nutrition or physical stuff you're doing or or anything like that.
0: Yeah, I think um you know, work out, get a sweat on. It's you know like those the chemicals in your brains and endorphins, it helps to, f- to feel good about yourself and know that you're doing something for yourself. Like t- whether it's taking on a challenge to do a certain amount of exercises or to eat a certain thing, or like, if you're doing things for your body, your body feels good. So like, first off, yeah, stay healthy, look after your health and then find stuff to do that you don't usually do. Like to be creative, like go either like, you know, do Like write some music, do some paintings, do random stuff. Like I think do, like maximize your time and be productive with yeah. it, but also don't like make it a grind. Like, you know, have have a bit of fun with it. I don't know. I think like there's obviously no secret sauce and there's no, nothing you can do that's ever going to make lockdown, not lockdown. Like yeah. it's going to suck to some degree, but find a way to have yeah. fun with it.
1: Yeah. that's That's awesome, man. Sam, um, thank you so much for for coming on. Obviously, some um, technicality and um, research difficulties on my behalf, but still such a um, a great catch up with you and and such a real chat um, around such a real chat around your yeah, your life and basketball. And and yeah, I really appreciate you you opening up and sharing and sharing parts of yourself so that the the people in the basketball community that listen uh, can get so much out of it. So yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and. Uh, wish you all the best in lockdown now but also in next season as well
0: no no thanks for having me man i think platforms like this with people like you doing that stuff is what gives is what gonna give athletes the platform to do that and have those talks and let people see that so i think what you're doing for the culture is awesome bro keep it up
1: awesome bro you have a really good day and we'll talk soon
0: i mean out. see ya see you.